Amen. Thank you to Amy and to Jeff. That was a healing to my soul, can I just say? Because this is hard, and that just washed over me. So thank you. It uh, has just been, you know, a busy morning, and uh, Amy's just the best, and she says to me, anything else you need? And, you know, my mind's just a little bit of everywhere this morning, and then, you know, you're preaching and all of that. And um, I said, can you just highlight on the bulletin what I need to do so I know. You know, she sends out an annotated thing every week, you know, and that should have been enough. So my apologies that I made you work twice. So um, it's a sermon, and then she has deep breath at the top. (laughs) So thank you for that. And then an enjoy with a smiley face. So I appreciate that as well. So it is uh, a joy to to be with all of you here uh, this morning. And what a blessing to hear the choir, and so thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I knew uh, that this day would come one day, and here we are, and there's so many things that I want to share and leave you with, and I grabbed a tissue before I came up. In fact, before I left the house, I brought makeup. Because <laughs> I'm like, I may have to do some reapplying. Ooh. But uh, I want to share a psalm with you. It's Psalm 1611, and it says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is a fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You see, paths are a beginning and sometimes they split and you have to choose which direction you're going to go. Sometimes they're straight, sometimes they're curvy, sometimes they're bumpy. And there's times when you wonder where the heck you are, right? Where you are. But trust that you're never alone. I want to share my favorite passage with you, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Hear these words. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So I want to share a, a little bit of uh, my journey. Uh, I have been at this church for uh, quite a long time. Uh, I started out in volunteer uh, ministry. I was part of the Joy Circle many moons ago in the 90s. Uh, I was asked uh, to come on a, a team of, of small groups, small groups ministry uh, that, that Brenda Hicks led, and she asked me to be a part of, and I started out in that role, and uh, it was so much funny. We, we didn't know what this thing called small groups was, right? What was this? And look where we are today. It's so cool. Uh, and, and, then I, and then I transitioned to uh, paid staff ministry, so I was on uh, paid staff ministry for, for 10 years, and then the last 10 years as uh, pastoral paid uh, ministry to be a, a continued part of the staff. And uh, it has been a journey of trusting the Lord. Amen? And uh, this has been a place of my calling, of my ministry, and my growth. And it's a place where I have developed amazing relationships. I love you all so much, and I hope you know that. Just amazing relationships. And I've raised my three kids in this church. They've all been baptized in this church, uh, have been confirmed in this church. And this has laid the foundation for them. My parents joined the church in uh, 1998 when they moved to Mason. And then uh, we lost my dad five years later to cancer. And I know that uh, he's looking down on this day. And now my mom is still very active here and will stay here. It's funny, people were laughing over there in the other service. She was in that other service. And I said, people say, so we want to know, are you taking your mom with you? (laughs) So no, I'm leaving my mom here. (laughs) So she's an active part of this church. And I want you to know you are her community. And she is your community. And that's what this is about. 
My husband and I were married here in 2013, and um, uh, my family have just been my biggest cheerleaders, even to this day. They, they sit in my balcony, so to speak, cheering me on with the ministry that God has called me to. So I've got an image I want to show you. Uh, it's entitled, How It Started and How It's Going. There we are. I still talk with my hands. I love it. So this was my first sermon in 2010, and uh, I, I just want to take a moment of pause to thank you. Just to thank you for, for hanging in with me all these years. It's gotten better, that's all I can say. I uh, have looked back over uh, previous, you know, early sermons, and I'm like, oh my. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, but what you don't see in this picture on the left was hours of practicing, hours of practicing. I would come into this space and I would come in, and go into the CLC and I would speak to empty seats, I mean for endless hours because I was so nervous. Jeff, you can go ahead and take that down. We don't appreciate that, but we don't need to be, say that. Thank you. One last slide. I, I emailed him. I said, I got one last slide for you. So thank you for putting that up. Um, but, I, but I would practice, right, and I want to make sure that I enunciated everything right, and I came across right, and I just wanted everything uh, just to be perfect. And uh, I, I just want to take a moment just to thank my friends on staff. This is more than a place to come to work. I, this is not work. This is just joy. And um, I absolutely just have loved all of the folks that I have been able to serve with uh, on this staff. And somebody said to me earlier this week, do you remember all those times when you would go into the sanctuary and the CLC and practice? And I said, yeah. And we wanted to come in and help you. <laughs> oh, too fun, too fun. You see, I was worried about my delivery, right? But then the shift came when I was less worried about my delivery and more concerned about hearing God and what he wanted to say to you through me. I think that we tend to complicate sharing our faith, thinking that our prayers or our delivery has to be perfect. And friends, I want to share with you today that we need to trust in the Lord that he will give you the words if you allow him to work through you. Amen? Amen. A couple of years ago, I was uh, carving uh, pumpkins with my daughter, and um, this daylight savings time, I'm just telling you, it's, it's for the owls. I'm not going to say the birds. It's for the owls. Because it gets dark so darn early. It's like 530. I'm like, all right, it's time to go to bed. But uh, we were out carving pumpkins, you know, one Halloween, and um, it was hard to see because we had the, the, the lights, you know, on outside the garage, the house lights, and I couldn't see because the shadow was blocking the way of carving the pumpkin. And I felt in that moment the Lord say to me, you know what, you just got to get out of your own shadow. You just got to get out of your own shadow. And sometimes we've just got to get out of our own way. And I think that we trip ourselves up by thinking that we've got to be perfect in our prayers and in our uh, witnessing to other people. So in 2010, I also uh, started dating my husband. And uh, Rick Ball was the worship uh, leader at that time. And uh, each Sunday we would have a document and it, it would have the worship flow on it, it would have announcements. And as I'm looking through this, this, this flow document and, and the announcements that were gonna be read, uh, something uh, caught my attention. And it read, there will be a meet and greet in the parlor to meet Scott Alsop to see if the congregation approves. Oh, I nearly fell out of my seat. It was so funny. Of course, it was a joke, but again, you know, we've, we just have so much fun here. And so before he and I got engaged, we had a long conversation uh, about my feeling called to ordain ministry and what that would require. And, and he told me that he was all in, and I'm so grateful for his support over these, these past several years and looking forward to what God is going to do next. So the topic of uh, my sermon this morning is count it all as joy. And when I looked back, I was curious. I thought, you know, what did I, what did I share on? 
uh, that that first uh, that that uh, first sermon ten years ago, and it was about joy. And I thought, well, what a fitting way to end. Hear these words from James 1-2. Count it all as joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Our joy comes from the Lord, but our happiness is a choice. I uh, heard something uh, the other night, and it talked about happiness comes from our happenings, right? But our joy, our joy is rooted in the Lord. Hear these words from Psalm 34 through 5. Sing praises to the Lord, O you, his faithful ones. Give thanks to his holy name, for his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy, joy comes in the morning. So a question for you is, what song is in your heart? What are you thankful for? The joy of the Lord is with you every day. Romans 15, 13 tells us, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. I believe that one of the greatest things that we can do as believers is to encourage one another in Christ. Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. And then he also says in Philippians, do nothing out of selfish selfish ambition and vain conceit, rather in humility. Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of others. A little over 20 years ago, someone gifted me this beautiful, short, little book, and it's called Balcony People, and it's made a huge impact on me. And the author describes there being two types of people. And we get to choose the two type of people that we want to be. The first are evaluators, people who tend to be critical and judgmental. And the second is affirmers, people who encourage and lift others up. I find that sometimes evaluators' words often get stuck in a loop in our thoughts. And we replay what has been said to us. And I don't know about you, but you know, somebody says that word and you're like, oh, I just can't stop thinking about it. You see, the Lord, it wants, he wants to break into your thoughts with his quiet voice. And yes, the words came to pass of to whatever that person needed to say to you from their mouth to your ears. But the Lord says, why don't you let them pass, right? Let them pass. We have a choice to listen to the negative or the positive. I want to share a, a lovely poem or prayer that's found in this book. It says, Lord, it is you who would teach me the distinctive differences between evaluators and affirmers. Are the guidelines for being an affirmer found in 2 John, where it is written, if we love God, we will do whatever he tells us to. And he has told us from the very first to love each other. I think so. Then please, dear Lord, strengthen my ability to understand and practice love. If we think of our minds, I want us to think of them as, as, as circular, maybe a, a round shape. And, and the top third represents our conscious, right? And the bottom uh, two-thirds represent our unconscious or our subconscious. And the top layer uh, is filled with pure, uh, clear and uh, images, and it's filled with light. While the lower part is dark and murky, and, and sometimes there are some who want to reach up right, from that darkness and pull us down. Comments like, you're not going to make it, or, or we can't do it, or, or even point out the obstacles and the barriers. 
These people are called basement people. And they're not so subtle, and their comments aren't so subtle, and sometimes they can damage our personhood. So some of you may be thinking, I got a few basement folks in my life. But along with the basement folk in our life, we've got some balcony people. And they occupy the top layer of our, sub of our conscious and our thoughts. And the balcony people um, are just sitting up in the balcony enjoying the view, right? They're just not enjoying the view. No, they are cheering you on, saying, yes, you can do it. I believe in you. So now I hope some people have come to mind that sit in your balcony and know that we've got a balcony here on earth and we've got a balcony in heaven. I want to share a passage uh, with you. It's, it's uh, a quote from Gregory of Nyssa, and he was one of our fourth century early church fathers uh, who wrote this piece that I want to share with you. And it's written, it, it's, the language is a little different, but of course it's fourth century, right? So here are these words. At the horse races, the spectators intent on victory shout to their favorites in the contest. From the balcony, they incite the rider to keener effort urging the horses on while leaning forward and flailing the air with their outstretched hand instead of a whip. I seem to be doing the same thing myself, most valued friend and brother, while you are competing admirably in a divine race, straining constantly for the prize of the heavenly calling. I exhort, urge, and encourage you vigorously. Gregory is basically saying, I'm up in the stands. I'm watching my friend run the race and I'm cheering him or her on. This is your life. This is your race. God is with you, so don't stop. Keep running the race. I'm in the balcony cheering you on. You see, all of us need balcony people in our lives. They're the people who stand in the balcony watching us run the race of our lives. And they cheer us on saying, don't give up, don't give in, you can do it. The balcony people believe in us. And they're realistic about our faults and our shortcomings, but they also have a vision for what God has made us to be. So a question for you this morning, are you an evaluator or an encourager? And more importantly, who are the people in your balcony? Who are the people in your balcony? And what balconies do you sit in for other people? Hebrews 10, 24 tells us, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Know that as we part, as we part, that I am forever in your balcony, cheering you on to keep running the race that not only is God with you, but I am with you as well. I, I love this, this quote that goes something like this. We rise by lifting others. Amen? We rise by lifting others. I uh, was out to lunch, oh, I guess maybe about a month or so ago, and I was at Two Cities Pizza in Mason. I don't know if anybody's ever been to Two Cities Pizza in Mason. I'm seeing head nods. It's wonderful. I encourage you to go. They have the New York and the Chicago deep dish. It's the best of both worlds. And um, happened to be, to be having a meal there. And where I was sitting, I happened to know this, notice this, uh, these, these words that were printed up on the wall. And it said, every exit is an entrance 
somewhere else. And the word exit was their exit sign to, you know, so you knew how to get out of the restaurant. And I thought, boy, is that not a prophetic word? Every exit is an entrance somewhere else. So I want to share with you that I am excited about this new appointment. I'm excited about the new possibilities and new opportunities. In our faith journey that we're all called to, many times we're called out of our comfort zone, but it's how we grow. We're called to walk in obedience, and the Lord is directing all of our paths, but we get the choice how we respond, right? We all get that choice into how we respond. I want to close with uh, this blessing. It's from the Apostle Paul, and it's found in Philippians. And it goes something like this. I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on until completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. He says, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. Today is a day of thanksgiving for all that God has done and all that he will do. Amen? I want to lead us into a time of prayer. Father, we come before you. God, and we thank you for this time. And God, I would like to ask all of those that are here in this space to cover their heart with both of their hands in this moment. If you could just cover your heart, both of your hands, and to feel the presence of the Lord with us in this very moment. God, I pray that your spirit would fall down on us. Lord, that it would comfort us in this moment. And God, I pray that you would pierce our hearts with your love and your presence to know that we are not alone and the love that the Father has for each and every one of us. And that in these times where we may struggle, Lord, that, that we just put our hands over our heart and we remember whose we are, that we are called and chosen and beloved in Christ Jesus. And God, we are reminded to walk in obedience to the place that you're calling us to go, Lord, to step out of our comfort zone. And we lift up a hymn to you, Lord. Here I am. Here I am, Lord. Send me. So, Father, we thank you that you have met us here this morning and that you go with us on this Sunday morning, Lord, and into this week of thanksgiving. It's in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that we pray, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.